mastering your emotions so you can be a safe space for the feminine mm, is yes. actually to me the art of masculinity so i would think it means two things to me one it's always like in the eye of the beholder so realize that it's okay to have a different view than somebody else two it's always being created and recreated uh i i think it means an openness to growth an openness to learning an openness to looking at what is masculinity in me and having curiosity about what parts are serving me and what parts maybe aren't serving me so well anymore. And so the art of masculinity is truly that. If you can master being a lion and a lamb, you've mastered masculinity. The art of masculinity to me means knowing how to gracefully dance between both the feminine flow and the structure of the masculine. This is The Art of Masculinity with your host, Johnny Elsasser. Hey everyone, today's guest is my man, Aaron Alejandro. He is a men's lifestyle and transformation coach, host of the High Value Man podcast, instructor and co-founder of the project, a men's 75-hour personal development experience and co-founder and instructor for the Squire program, a father and son rite of passage. Aaron is a man of faith, student of fitness, and on a mission to build better men. Aaron is truly one of the best in the game right now as far as not only a men's coach, but putting himself through the challenges that continually up-level his own mindset and how he shows up for the men that he does coach. The project is the Modern Day Night Project that he co-hosts with Bedros Koulian and Ray Care and many other amazing leaders. So from all the things that Aaron does, the passion that he has to serve men and create a new caliber of man in this world is absolutely amazing, which is why I am honored to have him on the show. A lot of, a lot of great content in this for you guys. So sit back, enjoy the conversation and I'll see you guys on the other side. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the Art of Masculinity. Today, we got my man, Aaron Alejandro, on here. And I have been so excited to have you on, brother. You, you are an inspiration. Number one, just how you show up in general, in person, your energy, like people just gravitate towards you. But then on Instagram, you and I were just talking about it. And you are just crushing the scene with calling dudes out, man, because you've been there. Mm. Yeah. And it's, it's only fair to call someone out if you've actually been through it, you walk the path and you're on the other side. Otherwise you're just an asshole. <laughs> so fucking true. So true. Well, brother, I am so grateful for you to be on the show today. You and I are both rocking some fuel hunt stuff. So mm. that's also pretty dope. Um, big shout out to, to that group. They're amazing clothes. Uh, but yeah, man, I'm ready to rock and roll. Are you ready to hop into the manly round? Hell yes. Bring it on, man. <laughs> I know you've been in the octagon before, but I don't know if you've been in the manly round. Before. <laughs> I, I, I don't think I've been in the manly round. So tell me all about the manly round. I'm, excited. <laughs> I'm just stoked that we're both like fellow bearded brothers. We got this on, on the, on the rep. We're repping fuel hunt. Uh, we know what's up. So I think we're going to do well. And a bunch of fucking tattoos between us, I think. Too. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> I yeah. love it. Well, cool, brother. Yeah, the Manly Round, it's just a, a little way for the community to get you to know you a little better in a pretty unorthodox manner. So we'll jump in here. Just a few quick questions to see Aaron in a different light. So your first one is, 
what is your spirit animal and why? Oh, spirit animal. Uh, I'm going to go with the wolf. Uh, spirit animal is the wolf. I've got a, uh, a German shepherd tattooed on my arm. Uh, I love the wolf pack mentality. There's so many metaphors in the wolf pack from leadership and masculinity and everything that I've learned over the years from not being a lone wolf and really having a tribe to lean into. You know, the wolves really show that they show that they put the the weakest and the sickest up front as they're traveling they take down big prey together the strong alpha wolves are constantly fighting for their position at the table i think as men we're always competing always competitive we always have to have some level of conflict and confrontation just like in a wolf pack and you're always challenging that next seat so i think the wolf is my spirit animal for every guy listening right now, the next time you hear a wolf, I just want you to think of Aaron's explanation right now, because that is that was arguably the best one I've ever heard of mm. truly what the wolf is. And, you, you know, so many guys are lost in that lone wolf mentality or in yeah. this distorted version of what the wolf is that right there. That is fucking amazing, dude. I love that one. Yeah, so thank you. Epic. All right. Your next one is. What song, no matter when you hear it or where you are, you could be surrounded by like a million people. What song, when you hear it, do you actually have to start singing out loud along with? Angels Wings, Social Distortion, uh, Mike Ness. It's a Southern California band. Uh, for those of you that are in the 90s, 2000, you yeah. may know them. But yeah, Social Distortion, Angels Wings. It is by far my favorite song. Um, it, it just, it's, it hits me. It hits me every single time. And I don't listen to it that often, but when it comes on, it's always on my favorites on Spotify. When it comes on, I just belt it out. Yeah. I love that. Dude, I haven't heard that song in so long. Being a Cali boy myself, I know exactly who you're talking about. That's for yeah. I have not heard that in forever, man. And actually, my current wolf, uh, Ness, my German shepherd that I've got downstairs, his name is Ness after Mike Ness from Social Distortion. Oh, that's dope. Big shout out to Social Distortion there. They got to be on the podcast then, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. All right. Your last question is so. This question, just imagine you could time travel to the past and you, you have to pick somebody who's relatively well-known to like everybody out there, right? Just relatively for most mm. people. If you could travel anywhere, it could even be the present, who would you pull a prank on? And if you know Ooh. what the prank is, what would it be? Who would I pull a prank on? Oh, man. I thought you were going to go a totally different place with this question. <laughs> I love this. Um, hmm. Ah, this, this, this is, this is getting me thinking, man. This is getting me thinking. I'm, I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say Bruce Lee and for no other reason Ooh. than I, I'd want to pull a prank on him to see how calm, cool and collected he is actually under some non-planned stress. And um, I, I think of, Really, the only prank that has been done to me repeatedly is, um, and this is the fraternity coming out, uh, but <laughs> but um, have you ever been saran wrapped to anything before? No. <laughs> okay, so the fraternity days, this, this was Aaron 1.0. Back in my fraternity days, if you drank too much and you passed out somewhere, you got saran wrapped, whatever you were in, whatever position you were in. 
And uh, I remember I got saran wrapped to my bed one time after a night out of partying and I got saran wrapped to an armchair one time. And it's very frustrating because I mean, they're using multiple rolls of saran wrap. And so there you are, you're waking up, you're hungover, you have to pee and uh, you're just, you're just bound up in whatever situation. And I don't know why I'd want to do it on Bruce Lee. I can't imagine what situation he would be so <laughs> impaired that we could saran wrap him, but I would just be curious what would happen if you saran wrap Bruce Lee to something and see what would happen. So that would be, that'd be my prank. He'd probably just disappear and get out of it. And you'd be like, oh, shit, Phantom, and fucking... then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, disappear, smoke dust, and then karate chop you on the head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's a magician. He's just behind you and then freaking kicks you right in the skull uh -huh. right behind you. Maybe yeah. he's not the best person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that would be dope. You might need some help with that one as far as getting him drugged, though. You're probably going to have to have somebody inject something in him. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> I love that. That's a good one, brother. Well, you did well. That was the manly round. Just a little I'll bit of fun. It. I love so, it. Yeah. Yeah, brother. Well, let's dive in here because there's so much that you and I can jam on for this episode. But let's talk about a little bit of where you came from, because anybody that follows you and anybody that's listening today, they're going to learn a lot about Pam. But mm -hmm. where you came from and how you became this man that you are today, shredded, but also incredibly intelligent, enlightened and constantly working on himself. Thank you. I love that. Man. You, can, <laughs> you could intro me anytime you want. That's good for the confidence right there. I'll take it. Um, yeah, because I didn't start here. I didn't start here. So I think as we are in this circle, man, you know this, when we start spending time with awesome, badass people just like you, it it's almost feels like uh, the the life is a is a made up fantasy like it doesn't feel real sometimes and so thank you man i really appreciate that mm. that intro um but i came from i came from complete opposite of where i am now i think that's uh the, really the journey i came from i was raised by a single mom uh, my dad is a deadbeat my second father figure was a drug addict actually died with a needle in his arm uh third mm. father figure was uh a abusive sociopath for lack of a better word for the 11 of 14 years that he was married to my mom he had many other women all over the country that we didn't know about and became physically, mentally, and emotionally abusive to my mom and, uh, and me. I went off to college during those years, but, um, as a whole dude, I came from the opposite. I didn't trust men because uh, I didn't have a foundation of good, healthy masculinity. My mom was so beaten up over the years, emotionally and physically by these other guys that she didn't trust men. And I, as an only child, my mom was like my main source of love and belonging. And so if she was hurt, I was hurt. And all those trust issues that she had passed on to me. And so I had this like fist up. I can't trust other people. I can't trust men. So therefore I can't really trust myself. And that led into drugs, drinking, disconnection, um, you know, seeking approval, uh, passivity. You know, the, we'll talk about the Pam problem, but Pam is the passive aggressive man, passive with his hopes, his dreams, his desires passive with the world he's been taught to be a beta he's been taught to be passive and he really is afraid of natural healthy masculine aggression he doesn't want to mm. look like other men he doesn't want to show up in the world as being too assertive by asking for his needs and so he people pleases he tries to become a chameleon because he believes that's what people want so he says if i if you like me then i'll like me he has a really low several level of confidence and self-esteem he's very insecure and that's who i was for the better part of my twenties and almost into my thirties Wow! Uh, before I just, I kept seeing the same dude in the mirror. I kept seeing this, my dad's, all of my dad's, all of the qualities I hated about these other guys. I was seeing it in the mirror and I was like, dude, I got to do something different. No one's going to come and save me. And there are people out there that are living their best life. And how do I get some of that? And so it, it really put me on a 10 year trajectory of 
facing my passivity, facing my problems, facing the fact that I wasn't being assertive, wasn't being healthy, aggressive. I was just aggressive with self-destruction and, and it was just causing a whole bunch of problems. And so the last 10 years have been hyper-focused on personal development, spiritual development, emotional development, and building a tribe of men. The most healing thing that we can do as men is to spend time with other men. We have to break the mentality of the lone wolf and realize we need each other. We need each other mm. to lean on, to grow from. Men model masculinity. And if you don't have healthy models of masculinity, you end up modeling really unhealthy masculinity. So as a whole, that's fast forward to where I'm at now. Yeah, well, I, I have like a couple of questions on this because one of the things you brushed over, actually you didn't even fucking mention, was that you were an MMA fighter. And so I'm wondering when you were doing that, was that actually provoked by toxicity or was that on your upswing of actually finding out who you were? Yeah, man. So my mom put me in martial arts when I was four years old. That was the healthiest thing that I think I've ever been involved in. And so I've been involved in some form of martial arts my entire life. And uh, that has just been the safe place. It's been a safe place to get some of the aggression out. I've uh, been a white belt so many times in multiple different martial arts before MMA was like really a thing, you know, back when you could fish hook someone inside the UFC, like that's when I was watching the MMA and, and UFC. And I owned an MMA gym for a number of years, put out some amazing fighters. Um, I got mm. beat up more than I did a lot of the beating up. I learned that I was much better in at the coaching side <laughs> uh, than actually delivering, but dude, it's uh, the safe place for, uh, you know, healthy masculine for me was really inside of mixed martial arts, uh, Taekwondo, Jiu Jitsu, Muay Thai, kickboxing, boxing, I uh, dabbled a little bit of all of it. Uh, I've had three ACL replacements uh, as a Ooh. result of it, my bicep reattached, broken ribs, all that stuff, you know, and at the end of the day, it's like, you can go down the path of just continuously fighting and either get really good at it, or you can realize that maybe there's a different route. And I was more of the punching bag and so much of it that I wanted to work on other ways to channel my aggression and assertiveness uh, in a much more healthy facet. But yeah, I'd say martial arts saved my, my, my life. Honestly, it really did. But every time I faced a failure in it, uh, the knee surgeries were, were a big one. My ability to rebound kept getting lower every, every single time, because I was just, I was not really surrounding myself with enough healthy men to see how you recover from failures. I just beat myself up. And so knee surgery, number mm -hmm. one, I was like, ah, I'm going to get back into it. Knee surgery, number two, I'm like, well, fuck, I just suck at this. I'm just going to be more of a failure. Knee surgery, number three, kept building this story that I wasn't good enough. And it wasn't until I really started surrounding myself with healthy guys, like in the project, Bedros, Ray, Steve, Matt, the community that we know, now was able, able to turn these failures into real launching pads for greater success. Wow. Wow. So part of like coming out of that too, because I, you actually beat me to the punch on that one, pun intended there, but uh, you actually beat me to the punches. I really wanted to know like how that affected you when you went through those uh, injuries, because of the fact that, you know, especially coming from not having fully started to develop yourself, those mm. things can continue to put us back into old habits, put us yeah. back into old mindsets. So one of the things you mentioned was you started to surround yourself with really good men, super mm. high quality men. But did you ever feel like when you first started building that circle? Because this is one of the things that I think is important for men is that tribe, right? And, and we can jump into that because you guys do that with the project, the guys that come out of there. Fuck, man, they're so connected. But um when you started building that tribe, was there an initial stage where you really felt like unworthy to be surrounded by them? Totally. hundred percent. Yeah. And I'd say that um, seven, 
years ago, I read a book, uh, No More Mr. Nice Guy, which was really pivotal in my personal development. It, it talks a lot about the Pam problem. He uses the nice guy uh, in the same parallel as I use Pam. And it is the passive aggressive, not asking for your needs, people pleasing. I read that book along with uh, Emotional Intelligence 2.0. Both of those books shown the light on the fact that it wasn't the other men that I couldn't trust. And it wasn't the other men that I needed to uh, be envious or jealous of. It was the fact that I wasn't doing the work for myself. And it really, dude, at the end of the day, it's been taking slow, consistent win stacking to feel like I am earning my seat at the table every single day. Even today, we hang out with some badass people. We were just at the summit not too long ago. And you're in that room yeah. and you're like, and you're like, damn, dude, it's so easy to compare what all these other guys are doing. They're making, you know, way more money. They've got, you know, nicer cars. They've got us all their stuff. At Every guy compares and, you know, mm -hmm. a matter of feeling like I'm not good enough, not worthy. That is such old broken programming. The way that I shift it now is if one man can, so can I, mm. but yes, the, the model of looking out rather than looking in has been something that I've been breaking through, you know, majority of my life. And I don't think we're ever going to fully be out of that. That's one of the healthiest things about masculine competitiveness is that we get a little bit envious we get a little bit jealous we get a little bit like fuck dude that dude's in better shape he's got a bigger bank account he's got a badass car he's got a great beard and so it's like you know i'm gonna get just a little bit insecure and that insecure can either fester inside or it can become a catalyst to inspire us to do better yeah so let's dive into that real quick because do you think that is this this is a healthy way for us because men we inherently for the most part i think have a level of co uh, competitiveness in us right mm -hmm. it's something but then we're kind of demonized for it right that, mm -hmm. that that's a negative part of masculinity mm -hmm. but you're what you're talking about is very different because that's harnessing the competitiveness but using it in a way that doesn't put somebody else down, but yes. challenges you, you to raise yourself up. So let's dive into that a little bit, man. How has that been seen from your perspective with men today, the PAMs that are running around? Mm. Yeah, man. So PAM avoids competition. PAM avoids conflict and confrontation. PAM avoids challenge as a whole. But I found the only way a man gets better is with conflict, confrontation, challenge, and competitiveness. We have to have that. You think about this, iron sharpens iron. You're military, you know this. Probably the best shape, most competitive was when you were spending time with guys that were in great shape and highly competitive because you're like, fuck, mm -hmm. dude, if he can do it, I can do it. I'm going to run a little bit faster. Look at kids and boys on, on a playground. Like they're always fighting. They're always playing. They're always like in some level of competitiveness and there's physical contact. There's a conflict, the confrontation, just like in a wolf pack, the wolf pack metaphor. Again, it is so much about our masculine journey. I think as the, the, the beta wolves, the baby wolves are leveling up and challenging that seat at the table. They're getting nipped on the neck by the alpha. They're like, you ain't ready for this yet. But at some mm -hmm. point along their journey, they have to test their teeth. And without the conflict and competitiveness and challenge, men don't know how to harness their aggression. They don't. They're afraid of it. And so they lose their temper. Or maybe they're like, you know what? I shouldn't feel this way. So they sedate and castrate themselves. They're drinking, they're pornography, you know, they're, they're using drugs, whatever they are. They're not pursuing their dreams, not pursuing their woman. And so they're used getting hookers or they're literally spending too much time online to jerk it off. Like all of this comes down to the fact that in a tribal setting, men will compete for the resources of not only the women, of the money, of the opportunity. And that is the greatest way for us to level up. Iron sharpens iron. A great sparring partner means that I'm going to get better at sparring but if there's no sparring partners around and i'm like you know what competition and conflict that's that's toxic masculinity i don't want to go near that that's yucky fuck yourself like you're never <laughs> gonna level up 
Sorry for the bomb. <laughs> no, you're good, bro. I cuss on here all the time. They're used to it. Um, it's but that that right there is I, I think that's actually an excuse because most guys are just they're not confident in their skills. They're like, fuck, yep. I'm not gonna go, I'm not gonna go spar with Aaron Man because he's gonna fucking knock my teeth out or he's gonna make me feel like shit because he's a much better, much better fighter than I am. But at the end of the day, getting your ass kicked a lot of times is the greatest uh, lesson you can have, man. And, and that sharpens you. Yeah. And, and, and the thing is, if you can't physically face the conflict in regards to another man, you're going to struggle in business. You're going to struggle when you pursue mm. that perfect woman. You're going to struggle in every single area of your life because you're going to have this unanswered question. Am I good enough? Am I worthy? And can I actually handle this pressure? We have to at young age, man, this and this is why I love what we do at the Squire program. We face these young boys to face confrontation and conflict on a regular basis. Like I needed it growing up. I needed conflict. But the other than conflict and the confrontation, the competitiveness, you have to have a community that supports you because it was just getting your ass beat for years. Yeah. Like we know this, too. You're like, I got my ass handed me for fucking 30 years. My parents beat me. My school beat me. I wasn't, I never felt smart enough. That's when the confidence really gets deteriorated and you start seeing really bad, uh, unhealthy, uh, passive aggressive behaviors where they become abusive. Uh, they become disconnected, addicted to drugs, alcohol, all the other stuff. But so there has to be the community based too, to build you up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think uh, there's that other piece to it. What about these guys who are out there? So maybe there's a guy um, that is relatively, I would say, kind of confident in himself. Not really, but like he's got enough confidence where he's got presence when he's around people, but he refuses to put himself in a position of being, I guess, for a lack of better term, exposed right? Because yeah. he wants to, he wants to protect a persona around him. Mm. How do we get these guys to realize that they're still walking that line of the Pam? I, I, the biggest thing I think for that guy, that's the guy. Um, so Bedros does this ranking. He talks about um, the project will attract guys that are in a four, five and six, and they want to get to a seven, eight. Are you drinking Waterloo? I am, bro. I just yeah. saw you doing that. We're just like the same people right now. <laughs> <laughs> we got the, it's the lime and the blackberry lemonade. It's my, my two favorite flavors. Love it. Yeah. So um, good. Bedro says so. The project, are, we try to market to all men. We believe that all men need some level of initiation. You've gone to the military, you understand the power of boot camp, you understand the power of community and challenge. And if men haven't gone through some level of initiation, they are always going to have that question and that is really going to ache and deteriorate their confidence. But for the most part, marketing attracts the four, five, six, and sevens. These are the guys that recognize that they need more to level up. They need a community, they need challenge, and they're like upper limiting in some capacity. But the guys that are like one, two, and three, the project's not even on the radar. They're like, you know what? Mm -hmm. I'm fucking good. I'm solid. I don't need anything. This is stupid. That's a fucking cult. These guys are dumb. Yada, yada, yada. I good. I got this on my own. I whatever their whole fucking story. And so your question is, how do we attract these guys that are maybe got some level of confidence? If you've got some level of confidence, you've also had some level of failure. And I think the failure is what draws attention to uh, the, our deficiencies. And so if you're not getting the results you want, I say Pam's got three struggles. He's got three issues. He might have some confidence, but he's got three issues. He struggles with women. He struggles with work and he struggles with the respect from the world of men. Mm. And so he may have some confidence. Maybe he's scaling at work. He's crushing it at work, but he goes home and he hasn't had sex in three months or he's spending too much time on Pornhub or he doesn't have the respect of his kids. Um, he doesn't actually have the work that he loves. 
loved his new owner. Maybe he's got a good relationship and he gets good relationships, but then he pushes her away because he's needy and clingy and all these other things come up. So he's going to have some success, but then it's the failures that really allow us to calibrate. I've learned more from failures than any time mm-hmm. I've ever won anything. And so the way that we, I think, shift men is to remind them that the failures are a natural part of it. And you need to start paying attention if you're not getting results you want, because the spiral can happen very quickly where I get failed enough, I, enough failure happens. And unless I pull myself out of that shit storm, then I just end up ruminating, causing more problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, you know, taking them from that and make and helping them realize, and this is what I want guys to really take from this right now is we're trying to open up a door for you guys to see something about yourself. Like, mm-hmm. you know, Aaron uses Pam because Pam is effective in making guys understand like, fuck, I really connect with that. And there's shit in that, that I don't want to be part of. Mm-hmm. And so opening this door to get guys to really see like, fuck, I do resonate with some of those things. That's really what we're trying to do here. So if you find yourself actually drifting in that direction and you're, you're hiding behind a lot of insecurity but you present like some form of confidence in public, but that's not really who you are, then obviously this is, we're talking to you right now, right? Like, yeah, but, and, and honestly, I think the biggest vulnerability is being able to talk about it and hear other men to go through the journey. And um, I don't know if I've shared this story. It's actually a pretty relevant story to share with your, with your audience. Um, So Bedros hired me four years ago to launch a supplement company, Truly Nutrition. We didn't have a name for it. It was just at the time in my life. Um, I had just closed my MMA gym. I had some some success as the Fitbeard personal training. I was doing online training, a few other things. I was I was on my path for personal development, but still struggling in a lot of areas. I hadn't really built a tribe of men around me and uh, closed the business. And it was my biggest entrepreneurial venture. And I was really licking my wounds. I was feeling like, holy shit, dude, I, there's so much I still need to learn about business, leadership, and marketing. Who can I learn from that is doing it well? And who else is also on this masculine journey? And at the time, Bedros popped up on the radar. He said, I'm launching this company, but you got to leave Arizona um, and come work inside the HQ. So I got the opportunity. I got my foot in the door. In fact, I sent him that there's a boot on my shelf right there. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I sent him a boot and I said, hey, listen, I think I'd be a shoe in for the position. I want to put my best foot forward. And I, um, I'm looking forward to getting started on the right foot, something along like that, on the lines like that. So I really wanted to stand oh. out because I saw an opportunity. And it wasn't because I wanted to be an employee. I've never been an employee up until the last four years um, when I, before I came on. I've always been an entrepreneur in some respect. But I'm struggling, struggling because I was really that lone wolf. And uh, when I reached out to him, I got the opportunity, started truly. This is way before the project ever started. Yeah. We were in the gym just working out. And I said, you know, be, I want to be honest with you. The reason why I left Arizona, traveled all the way to California, not a penny to my name to come take this opportunity is because I really wanted to be in this culture. But more so than anything, dude, I want to be vulnerable with you. I really resonate with everything you talk about. You share from stage that you were molested when you were four. I was molested as well. And that is a painful thing to talk about with a grown man. But I see how you've taken the worst thing that's ever happened to you and turned it into a superpower. And I want that. I want to be able to live in a world where grown men can have vulnerable, authentic, hard conversations and help each other grow. Because I really believe that men need men to heal. And I just like spew this all, all out during like a workout session. We're cable pull downs. I'm just fucking sharing it. And he's like, that got really deep, man. I've known you for two, <laughs> two months. I hired you for this other company. Here we are talking about being diddled when we were young. <laughs> and it's like, so it's such a, an inappropriate conversation, but it's such an appropriate conversation between two men. We have to be able to talk about this stuff. And yeah. he's like, let's go sit down. And I would like to learn a little bit more about you and your personal development and where you are now, because it takes a lot of balls. We will say that to another grown man. And so we're talking about it. And we're literally talking about the experience we've done, therapy, counseling, immersive experiences, books we've read. 
And he's like, you know, I, I lead a lot of men through masterminds. I've been doing masterminds for years, but it's just kind of, it doesn't have the same sizzle because it has, doesn't have the breakthrough. I was like, yeah. And I've done these experiences where you really get a lot of the heartfelt stuff out. I've gone through therapy and counseling, but it's missing this fucking violence that men need to break through. He's like, yeah, imagine if we could do something, you know, some kind of like men's project where it has like, you know, some violence and it has some like therapy and it has all this stuff. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're just getting excited about this idea. And literally during the gym session, we map out the concept of the project, which is a 75 hour men's personal development experience. It's led by myself, Pedros, a Navy SEAL, an angry Marine and a former U.S. <laughs> and the five of us have fucking chemistry, dude. And we have now done 14 classes. Every class gets uh, sold out and it's transformational. We take 75 hours, we're beating the piss out of them so that we can have a vulnerable conversation. About 40 hours and we have a conversation talking about the worst thing that's ever happened to them. So these mm -hmm. guys, for the very first time in their life, they haven't even told their wives some of the stuff, can talk about the physical, mental, emotional, sexual abuse, the problems, the struggles, all that stuff so that they can break through. And so I just want your listeners to know that only reason I'm here now is because I was able to be vulnerable. And I guarantee yeah. you, for you, the same thing. The only reason you've been able to be successful is because you've been able to be vulnerable and ask for help amongst other men. Nobody's got it figured out, but we're going to figure things out a whole lot better if we do it together. Fuck yeah, man. And I love I love that whole story, by the way, because I knew part of it. I didn't know all of that story. Number one, the shoe and thing was fucking dope. Uh, I love that you did that. And I know how much B loves that kind of stuff. But uh, that's hilarious. But the other piece to that is that, you know, you were vulnerable. And so when we when we get guys, when we get to speaking with guys, guys hear us, I think they're starting to lean in and mm. see guys like you and guys like B and guys that are just badass dudes who are actually opening up and being fucking real, mm. but I'm not seeing the guys who are hearing it lean in and be vulnerable themselves. They'll, mm. they'll appreciate you for it, but they're not going to do it themselves. How do we speak to those guys? Like, and mm. the project's a beautiful place to do it. And I don't, mm. and I want to actually put a pin in that because I want to dive more into the project for people. Cause I think you guys actually have an upcoming class, right? Yep. One's coming up in October. I believe it's sold out. Um, but if, if you're interested, you know, reach out, it, it takes a significant amount of prep. Uh, yeah. But for, for us, dude, it, it takes um, like, we don't lead in our marketing talking about this emotional conversation. We lead with the Navy SEAL, the ice bath, you know, dragging through the pit, the combat, we, all the violence and stuff that dudes are like, Oh, I want to do that. That looks so freaking cool. I want, I never got to join the military. We get this all the time. I never joined the military. I thought I could do it. I want to do it. I want to test myself, but we, we, beat and batter so that we can have the conversation so that we can actually cause the breakthrough. And so the thing is, the way that we start that that conversation, that evolution is I lead it and then Bedros follows up. They have to see, again, remember, men learn by modeling. They have to yeah. see another healthy man's emotional range. All the time we talk to guys, do you like the results we have in our life? Beautiful woman, bank account, business, articulation, communication. We look good in our body. We enjoy spending time with a badass brother. And if you like these results, here's the things you got to do. Discipline, fitness, nutrition. You got to be able to get the therapy stuff out of the way so that you can have it. And it's all by literally spoon feeding them. And we have to spoon feed these guys that maybe don't think they've got a problem because at the end of the day, those are the ones that usually have the biggest problem. And the yeah. PAM problem is it's they're being passive with it. They know they got something they need to do. They're, they just are not doing it. They're passive with their emotional range. They're passive with 
the therapy, the counseling, the work, they're passive with the vices they know they need to give up. And so it's all a matter of just literally building trust because most guys that don't want to talk about stuff have got trust issues. Most guys that have uh, triggers and traumas from the past have trust issues. And so they have to start building the trust with men like us. Yeah, that's so true, man, because they, they don't if if they can't trust you guys or somebody may have burned them in the past when they actually did try to get vulnerable. And then they just look at all of us the same way because somebody laughed at them or busted their balls like guys do instead yeah. of being, hey, bro, I'd love to learn more. And yeah, their their trust is out the window when it comes to other men. But I like you touched on something here that I also think is incredibly important, and it's releasing vices. Mm. So I think a lot of dudes carry vices in their lives. And it might be small and they think insignificant, right? Like things like they get home and immediately they're on the couch, flip on the TV and grab a beer. Mm-hmm. Most people, the average person is going to be like, Oh, that's not really advice. I mean, I guess it's better. It's better than going and getting a hooker or fucking doing lines of Coke, but like, it's still a vice that can really fuck your life up. So True. I want to, I want to really address that and and hear your opinion on that is, is that what are you seeing in guys nowadays when you guys are challenging them to release mm. these vices that might just be, they seem insignificant, but they're really dragging their fucking lives down, their relationships mm-hmm. down, everything. Anything that distracts or sedates you from your vision and your vocation is a vice. And there's there's five V's that I, that I lean into as I do coaching with these guys as I'm building out this uh, high value man accelerator coming up. Uh, f- the five V's. So vision, this is what you want to do, who you want to be. Your values, what are your non-negotiables, the things that you want to live your life by, the, the legacy you want to be reminded and left behind. What is your vocation, your ultimate path on this planet? What are the victories that you need to stack that will develop the skills so that you can live your vision, so you can live your vocation? And what are the vices that stand in the way? If you don't tackle the vices with absolute aggressiveness and look at the fact that you say you want more, but there's this stuff that's getting in the way, you're always going to be living in some level of mediocrity. And vices show up any number of ways. And of course, we know the easy ones. There are drinking and drugs. Okay, we got those. All right, I don't do drugs anymore and I don't drink abusively. Okay, cool. So that means I'm good. Well, no, vices will also translate over to pornography. Well, pornography, what, that, what, what's wrong with that? That's not really that big of a thing. It's a distraction. I used this uh, metaphor with a client the other day. I said, if you consider yourself a man and you are actively jerking off and watching porn, it's the same as calling yourself a hunter if you're getting your food from Grubhub. They're not the same. They're not the same, right? <laughs> And you think about it, like it's it's really not. If you are if you are just purging your masculine energy and you are just just yeah. blowing your load and wasting that, wasting that potential, that potential to create, just mm-hmm. because you have an impulse, where else are you wasting your potential to create? Right? Life doesn't happen without our penetration and our purpose. And that's it can be sexual, but it can also be the work that we do in life. And if you are always just blowing your load just because you got a little itch and impulse, how are you ever going to get what you want? So there's pornography, drugs, drinking, but then there's the, the sedation that happens just from distraction. How many men do we know that say they want more, but they overeat, overconsume on social media, over distract, or maybe even overwork. And so don't really have the connection they want with their family and their friends. Anything can be used as a vice. The difference between a tonic and a toxin is the dosage. So what are the Mm. results? What are the fruits you're getting with your life? And if you don't do an analysis, really look at what you want against your vision, against your values, and look at all the things that are standing in the way in that gap, which are your vices, you're just fucking talk. Yeah. 
Yeah. Is there a, is there a practice that you have? And I know, uh, part of it is going to be the high value man. So I want to talk about that because I first off love the name, but the other pieces, do you have like a short, maybe tangible practice someone can do where they're like, okay, Aaron, you're resonating with me, but how do I assess this? Mm -hmm. How do I, how do I actually start to see something different and then apply, apply my efforts to that? Yeah. I, Two, two things. One, a very practical and tactical exercise that uh, I was coaching with Craig Ballantyne uh, for a little while, and he gave me a time tracking exercise. It gives you very good analysis of what you're doing. For two days, get a, a legal notepad and track down everything you do for 30 minutes. And then mm. after you do that, the next the, on the third day, write a plus, minus, or equal next to each of those activities. Okay, I got on social media. I scrolled, I screen sucked. Okay, then I looked at emails, I switched tasks. And so all these things, notice how many minuses you have inside of your life. All those minuses are places you could be filling your passion, your purpose, and really where you're wasting time. If you're wasting time, that's a fucking vice. Procrastination is passivity. You're not moving towards your purpose. That's one. Number two is where do your thoughts go? Like, where do your thoughts go when you've got downtime? Are you ruminating obsessively thinking about something? It could be sex. It could be drinking. It could be drugs. It could be any number of things. It could be anger. Anger is such a vice. Anger is probably one of my vices that I'm still breaking through. My fuse can be very short if I get frustrated or irritated or my self-care has been garbage or I'm not getting my right priorities done for the day. And so we still have vices as we level up. Just because I'm not snoring cocaine off the back of a hooker's ass doesn't mean I don't have vices. Like that's the right. thing. They're, they're all calibration points. And there is, we're all at different points along the journey. And so your, your vices just become something you have to gain awareness on. If you're not getting the results you want, this is the biggest self-awareness question uh, you know, to ask yourself. If you're not getting the results you want across your four F-bombs, faith, fitness, family, finances. So you live a life of fulfillment then there's something holding you back. What is it? Mm, that's freaking powerful. I love that too. If I track, man, that's, I'm going to do that. I'm going to track my fucking day. Cause that sounds amazing to be it's like, awareness. Oh yeah. Yeah, dude, this is, this is where you're playing little fuck fuck games. And this is where you uh -huh. need to step up. I love that. That's also would be very difficult because I think yeah. there's a lot of guys that'd be like, ah, oh, do I need to write that down? Maybe, maybe not, you know? Right. And it comes down to integrity. No one's going to know because we can lie to ourselves all fucking day long, right? We can be like, you know, no one's going to know this. Nope. No one's going to know this. I can cut a little corner here, you know? Yeah. Da, 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 da. And it's like, per perfect example. I've got, I've got two rules in life and it, it, like everything else is relatively flexible, but I have two rules and they're fucking silly rules, but they should, I think they really shed a light on anything. One is I always return the shopping cart. Like that is just a non-negotiable, right? Always return the fucking shopping cart. And there yeah. are plenty of times I've been inconvenienced, fucking it's hot outside. And I'm like, fuck, I don't want to do this. Like no one's really going to know, but I'm like, if I break this one rule, how am I ever going to have these other rules in life? And the other one, it's also very fucking silly. I won't park in a handicapped spot. I just, I just won't, even if like, it, there's no one else there. Like we've got, there's four handicap spots in front of BK strength where we do the project. And during the project, like there's limited parking at different points. And sometimes you have to unload stuff. I'll just fucking, I'll find another spot and I'll walk further. And I don't know why these are like my only two, like obviously all the other loyalty stuff, be a good human, all that stuff is important too. But there are also ranges to it. These are the ones I'm like, I don't want to break these two rules. These let me know that I'm like on the right path. If for one reason, for some day I parked in the handicap spot, I would deteriorate the promise with myself, which mm. would feed into everything else. And it's only really a few hours away from snorting cocaine off a hooker's ass. Because here's the thing. If you break your integrity, your personal integrity, Bedros talks about this. Don't hit the snooze button. You just hit an alarm in the morning. You say this is when you're going to get up. This is the first promise you make yourself. Whatever your promises are, you have to honor them. 
And so if you're not willing to take the awareness and just ignore it, the time tracking exercise is a good example of this. Ah, do I really want to write this down? Eh, I don't know, because as soon as I do, then I have to hold myself accountable. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. And it is. I love that you brought that out because it is, it's a slow deterioration. And mm -hmm. that one thing is going to spiral into another thing, another thing, and it's going to get bigger and it's going to get worse. And, you know, I had a good friend on my podcast. Uh, he was saying, you know, if you want to know how you got to where you are in life, look at the asshole in the mirror mm. and you can't run, you can't run from him. Truth. And he's always going to tell you the truth. Yeah. So I love that. And, and all those small little deteriorations of your integrity are really what drive you to insanity and they'll drive you yeah. down to even further negative vices. So I love that right. you brought that up. And uh, yeah, Bedros's thing with the, the snooze button, stacking L's, man. If you keep mm -hmm. stacking L's, your day is going to go to shit real fast when you start yep. up in the morning like that. So I love that you brought that up. But I love your two, by the way, because I am my really silly. One of mine is always take the fucking cart back. Right. I can't stand it. it literally I, is one of I mine. I cannot. I, I just don't understand. And it did it like hatred, like boils in my blood when I see people that leave them and they do the little curb pop and like yep. right there. And I just like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Like, what is wrong? Yeah. And like, sometimes I'll take their car back and make sure I give them like the death stare. <laughs> I, of all the things, of all the things to trigger me, I don't know why that one triggers me so much, but it just, it gets me my blood boiling. It's just fucking laziness. That's why, because uh -huh. it's like, I, I, I'm the same way. And, and my wife laughs at me because I'll literally, there's, you know, there's some stores that they literally don't have like a shopping cart thing in the parking lot where they actually store the carts. So if you take it back, you have to go all the all way to the, the way. fucking store. Yeah. And I always do it. And she just laughs at me. She's like, at least turn the car on for me. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> Got to take it back. Yeah. yeah. I, I can't stand that shit. It's just laziness though. And I think that I think guys like us that have integrity with ourselves, which has come through many years, of mm. holding ourselves to a high level of standard, we look at that as somebody who just doesn't have integrity for the small mm. things in life. Mm -hmm. And I think for us, we end up making assumptions on their character, which I think mm -hmm. are kind of pretty safe. <laughs> yeah. And, and But honestly, there, Jesus was a great guy. He really was. He says, you know, live without judgment and love everyone, you know, as you love yourself and all this. I'm not fucking Jesus. And I think, <laughs> at, I think most men these days, whether they want to admit it or not, we judge all the time. We judge based on habits and actions, behaviors, but we really judge men based on how they show up in the world, how they look, how they hold their presence and just their physical frame. And these are one of these character things says, if you're not willing to make things better in the place where you just came from, where else is this showing up? This is a major trust issue. And it's so micro and so small. It's like, if you're cutting corners here, where else are you cutting corners that really breaches trust? So I get it, man. Yeah. 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 No, it's really good, brother. I love that. Well, I also want to dive in here to your high value man, because this is something that you are putting together. So you, you have done a lot with men's development. You've done a lot with other like-minded human beings who we talked about throughout the podcast, B, uh, Ray, um, all the dudes that you work with from the project, but now we get Aaron alone. Mm. We get Aaron on his own. And he's dun, trading dun, dun. a high value, man. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Let's talk about this though, man. We're, we're starting to see you show us a mirror to see Pam that mm -hmm. we have, but then you're now, now you're creating a solution for Pam. What's this look like? Yeah, man. So the, uh, I'm super excited about this as well. And, and just like you said, I've been, 
uh, you know, part of a supporting role in some amazing businesses and being able to work alongside uh, Bedros and the team and be able to be personally mentored with him and help launch uh, multiple companies, True Lean, The Project, Battle Ready, our men's fitness program, the Squire program. It's been like a dream come true. It really has. It's been an amazing mentorship. And uh, this chapter is, you know, gets to be a solo one. I'm, I'm blessed. I'm so blessed dude, because there is part of my Pam behaviors I'm breaking through is this feeling like I can't do it on my own. And the only way that you break through any level of passivity is you challenge it head on. And so the high value man conversation, the high value man accelerator that I'm kicking off here in a couple of weeks is all about challenging passivity as it shows up. So the way that it begins is creating a crystal clear vision, a vision for your life. And so I did this about eight years ago. We were talking about our, our good friend, uh, Nathan Kohlerman. And we both had uh, a similar business coach um, almost a decade ago, and he took us through this exercise of crafting your vision. And you write it fast forward three years down the road, and you picture everything you want in your life. And I remember doing that. It was a pivotal moment in my personal development because I painted a picture for something that didn't exist uh, mm -hmm. back then. And I rewrite it every single year. And it, I've done it now for the eight years. And I see that my life gets narrower and narrower and closer to this ideal vision to where I can literally wake up in the morning before my alarm clock in a highly energized state. And I hop on into conversations built around creativity and collaboration, just like this. And I recite that because that has been what I've been reciting every single day for the last eight years. And it's been this thing that I hold myself accountable to. And anytime that something doesn't align with my vision, it's me being passive and I have to face it head on. And so the high value man accelerator is based on building a vision that compels to stack victories that have skills in them. And I'll share one that I did a, a number of years ago. It's actually kind of funny. So I, I did this leadership development course in person. It was this immersive experience over 12 months out here in Southern California. And uh, they would do these things called stretches. And the stretches got you to stretch out of your comfort. And they were challenging your passivity. They weren't using this language and vernacular, but I'm, I'm borrowing from it. And one of the stretches I had to do was this four hour challenge. I had four hours to complete. And I got this little envelope card. I opened it up when I was in the car and it said, Aaron, you are the world's most famous dog trainer. You have to go to uh, La Habra Mall outside of Hollywood and get your petition signed to get on NBC. And you need to get so many signatures to pass this stretch. I didn't have a fucking dog and I was in a suit and I had to go pretend I had to go pretend and go up to a bunch of strangers and get them to sign this petition. So I'd get as many signatures as possible within the four hour time frame. And I was like, fuck, this is, this is bullshit. This is now nine months into this leadership course. I was like, I got to do what this and I had all kinds of other stuff stacked on top of this. But one of my fears was what other people thought. One of my fears was rejection. One of my fears that was holding me back was caring too much about everyone else in the room and not my priorities, nice guy tendency, Pam tendencies. And so I had this stretch that I had to do. I spent the first two hours, Johnny, negotiating with myself, listening to the critic. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. There's no fucking way I'm going to do this. This is stupid, creating excuses, building resentment, literally getting fucking angry. Like, I can't believe like all this is coming, like all of it, like all the negative self-talk because I had to go out and pretend. I had to go out and act as if. And I just didn't feel like I had the courage for it. Then I spent the next 30 minutes building in some self-talk, some positive self-talk to where I finally got in. And once I got inside in the first approach, I spent the next 90 minutes all in. And I was mm -hmm. having a fucking best time with them. I was going up to strangers and be like, Fido, don't pee on her leg. 
uh, ma'am, I'm so sorry, but I need your attention real quick. And my dog will stop pumping your leg as soon as you sign this petition. By the way, my name is Aaron. I'm the world's most famous dog trainer. And if you could please <laughs> sign my, 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 uh, my petition, I'm trying to get on NBC. And she's like, what? I'm like, yeah, if you could sign this petition, just put your name right here. And my dog will stop pumping your leg. She's like, what dog? I was like, my name is Aaron. I'm the world's most famous dog trainer. And I'm trying to get on NBC. Can you just sign this, please? And I'm like, <laughs> and then so I changed my pitch every time to, to try and get the result that I wanted. Because that's what life's all about, right? If the first approach doesn't work, so we have to iterate and we have to change. Okay, so I got to try a different approach. Hey, ma'am, real quick, can I borrow three minutes of your time? It'll literally just take three minutes. Or you can just sign this and I'll go away. What am I signing? Well, I am the world's most famous. And so just went over and over for two hours straight. <laughs> and I just started having fun with it. And I started having fun with it. And then when we went back into have the breakdown and the breakthrough session, I said, you know, I spent two hours. I spent 50% of the time negotiating with myself. Mm not doing it. And then I remember the coach at the time says, where else in your life is that showing up? Where wow. else are you, where else in your life are you going half in? Where else in your, your life are you holding back? Where else in your life are you letting the excuses in your brain prevent you from having a good time? Mm. Life, everywhere. It gives me fucking goosebumps thinking about it. And yeah. that's what the high value man accelerator is about, is about challenging the passivity that's preventing a high value man from becoming a high value man. It is all about creating situations around communication and action and assertiveness and healthy aggression in a supportive community that is going to help them lift and level up so that the men can get what they want. Because at the end of the day, if one man can, you and me, so mm -hmm. can any. But it, it means you have to do the hard shit. You have to challenge. You have to be in an environment that supports you. You have to be willing to ha have the conflict and confrontation and create healthy competition so that you can grow inside the community and create your best life. That's what it's all about. Oh, so fucking powerful, dude. That is going to be, you're going to be rocking, dude, changing some people's lives. And if any, if there's any guys out there that that just really called to you, make sure you're reaching out to Aaron so you can get on the wait list and get part of when it's, when it's even going on. But let's talk about that. When is it going on and how can guys uh, get connected with you so they can be on the wait list for it or get the emails for it, or even just sign up if they're ready to. Yeah, man. appreciate that. So there is an interview process. Going to make sure the right dudes are coming in. So they'll hop on an, an a, uh, application call uh, with either myself or one of my project graduates that has helped me out with some of the core stuff. And um, we'll have a conversation, see if it'd be a good fit. But we're kicking off the third week in August. And uh, the best way to get on board is to shoot me a DM through uh, Instagram, the Fitbeard. Um, I think I sent you an opt-in link too, where I'm sending out some emails yep. about it as well. We'll put that in the show notes. Uh, but as a whole, this is going to be round one of something that I know is going to be something to be very passionate about. There's so many things in life that I've had to intentionally do. And you probably know this as we face challenges. We have to continuously grow, bro. Always. Mm -hmm. You think about the fitness being just a gateway, you know, getting in fit, getting in shape and building your good body. Uh, but learning how to lead our woman too, as well as a whole nother area. You've got a strong, independent, powerful, feminine beauty. And so do we, you, bro. <laughs> yeah, I do. I'm very blessed. And if yeah. we don't, if we don't continuously challenge ourselves as men, we're never going to be able to keep and maintain the seat at the table. And so these challenges, other than maybe not going to be a dog trainer for these guys coming in, but one of the challenges that uh, that I've done in the past yeah. that that your guys can deploy, and I think that every man should learn how to do, is learn how to dance, salsa dance. Mm. Yeah, I, I tell you, there's a great leadership lesson there. If you can lead your woman on the dance floor with just your frame, your body, and have a smile on your face, and move your feet in a direction that she doesn't know. 
you create so many overlaps and metaphors in life. And there's not a woman out there that doesn't love to dance. And so that's to be another test and challenge you guys could do. Calling me out. That's something I've been actually been on my list of things to do because I actually like dancing. I just want to do it better. I feel ridiculous because I'm not great at it, but I'll go out and do it. Uh, But I want to actually do it to where you can actually lead and and look good with a smile on your face. But I love that, brother. Yeah. So everybody reach out to Aaron. Aaron, is there anything else that you want to let everybody know about that you're part of? We kind of alluded to a couple of things, but I'd love to touch back on the project, Squire program, uh, Battle Ready. Let everybody know about those, kind of a little bit about what's going on with those if they haven't heard about them. Yeah, man. Uh, as a whole, everything we're doing uh, that I'm involved with, with Bedros, Ray, Steve, Matt, um, it is all focused on men and it's all focused on helping men level up inside of their their four F-bombs, faith, fitness, family, finances, uh, so they can live a life of fulfillment. And at the end of the day, uh, we're just blessed to do it. We're happy to do it. And so wherever you are, and I'm speaking to the guys out there on your development journey, know that we'd love to at least have a conversation with you. You know, you are on the same mission as we are, Johnny. We're just trying to help men level up with their masculinity so the world becomes a better place. I imagine mm-hmm. you started this podcast because selfishly you want to live in a better world with better men. And the only way we do that is by doing something. There's so many dudes that talk about it and just want to sit on the sidelines and listen. But dude, this is a hands-on contact sport, living life. Mm -hmm. And we need more guys out there that no matter where they are, no, don't compare, no matter, don't compare your chapter 10 with our chapter 20, right? Just no matter where you are, just fucking do something, do anything, reach out, share this with a friend, you know, hop on the, the personal development train because life just gets better. Life gets better the more work you do. It really does. Yeah, brother. Oh, I love that, man. And to everybody listening, like you guys know that I'm not sitting out here willy nilly just promoting other men out there. I actually only promote men who are doing the work that I think are re- is really changing the world for a better place. And Aaron and by yourself, you alone are one of those men, but then the crew that you roll with just the way you guys show up as an entire team and how you guys are influencing men. It's, it's very humbling to watch that. So appreciate you guys so much for everything that you're doing. Appreciate you so much for everything that you're doing, brother. And for, um, for your last question, before I release you back to your, your daily, uh, progress and processes, what does the art of masculinity mean to you, brother? Mm. So I think about, I don't remember who said, I think it's Leonardo da Vinci and maybe the exact quote um, we can put in the show notes, but the um, art is never finished. It's only abandoned. I think it's pretty close to that. Um, and when I think about that, I think mm. about our masculine journey, like it is never finished. It is only abandoned. And so your your title is, is beautiful the art of masculinity is something that you're always, always building, always creating, always fine tuning, always iterating, always making a little bit sharper, a little bit more crisp. And it is a lifelong process. And it, it, the best thing you can do when you die is say that I lived artfully. And I think of, you know, some of the great men that have lived artfully that came before us. Those are the ones that we're still talking about. You know, Bruce Lee is one of my icons. He really is. I think that what he did with his life and how he showed up with martial arts and art he lived poetically. And then the great artists, the masters, Leonardo and uh, Donatello, all those, not just the Ninja Turtles, but all the great masters <laughs> from, from time, you know, that really showed us that when you go all in on yourself, your purpose, when you live by a creed and a code, when you truly try to level up and surround yourself with other great men, it becomes something that people recognize without language. And I think what art does, it communicates without language. And when a man is living on purpose. He communicates who he is without any 
word whatsoever. And I think that art of masculinity is really our responsibility to live a beautiful canvas, a beautiful art. Mm, I love that, brother. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate your words. I appreciate your wisdom. Thank you for joining me on the show today. And to everybody listening, as always, remember to drop the ego and stay humble. Until mm. next time, guys.